Addie. And I'm Kat, and you're listening to Club Dead, our beautiful love child, where we talk about True Blood, our favourite and least favourite television show. I have a very love-hate relationship with this with this, uh, yeah, show. I, I actually go at a whole bunch about how I love some of the scenes in this, but I absolutely hate the overarching theme. Oh, really? See, I'm the opposite. No, I have I have like all of these like hmm, this is kind of a theme that's going on. And I hate it. I hate it so much, but it works so well with the with the episode and like <laughs> everything. I'm just like, oh, this is this is icky. It's so yeah. It's so what gross. Do you it's so gross. So, do you have any life updates for this week? Because my computer still works. <laughs> well, fucking, fucking, I can't even think of a word to say. Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> No, no, no life updates um, this week. Nothing, nothing particular. My yeah. car's on the fruits, but that's that's about it. What do you mean? I know I'm so mad. Uh, it's not identifying either of the fobs. I don't know what that means. Because uh, my car has keyless entry. Oh, and it's also, okay. And it's also a push start. I have a button oh, that, put, oh. that I start my car with. It's so much fun. But oh. I went to go. I went to go up to Newcastle the other day. Um, over the weekend and I went to unlock my car and I'm like okay it's not unlocking or whatever so I went and got my other fob and it wasn't doing it with that either um so either the battery in my car is dying or the battery in the fobs have died so I'm getting my brother-in-law to come over and check it just in case <laughs> help help please, please help is my car okay my car battery's dying and I'm just like I'll fix I'll get a new one when it's dead my car the last car battery that died on me was in my Lancer Rip Patsy um, my car's name is Patsy. Um, my current car's name is Gilbert Eli Patricia Elizabeth. <laughs> if it, is that an acronym? No, because my oh. number plate starts with ELY. My friend, uh, my friend Morg was like, "Your car's stupid. It needs a stupid name." Um, so she named it. Gil- uh, they named it Gilbert. Um, yeah. and I always just call people Patricia Elizabeth. <laughs> when I'm getting mum voice on them, so it'll be like Catherine Patricia <laughs> Elizabeth. I, do you know what's so weird is that Elizabeth is my mother's middle name. Well, there you go. So it works. Yeah. If I get my, it's honestly Gilbert Gilbert Eli Patricia Elizabeth is a fun thing to scream when it's acting like a tart. So it is, when it's acting like a tart. When it's acting like a tart when it's trying to go sideways around a corner because it's the tiniest bit wet. Well, I said to my grandma the other day, JDM. I was explaining how like you and I are going for dinner for my birthday next week. And I was like, oh yeah, uh, Eddie's going to drive because uh, she likes to go for a hoon in her car. And grandma's like, don't tell your grandmother things like that. And I was like, yeah, don't. she's not going to do anything stupid while I'm in the car. I'm not going to do burnouts. I might rev it a little like, bit, but... You're not like that kind of who. No, I might like, give it. I might give it a bit of a gutful, but I've got a hot girl in the car. How else am I going to fucking <laughs> impress her? Got to impress me with the broom broom. Exactly, exactly. Bear in mind, my car is completely stock. For the bear the fact I have changed the brake lights on it. I am the worst kind of car person because I know sweet fuck all about my car. But God, I love it so much. Just you just got to give it a nice little hug and be like, God, I love you. Yeah, I love I love Gilbert. Gilbert Gilbert is my dream car. Yeah, um, my dream car is like a fucking I don't even know. Uh, probably a Tesla. <laughs> okay, I have a rant about this. Oh no! Oh no! Um, no, I was reading. This is a True Blood podcast, by the way, everybody. Um, we, do, I, we have we other interests. We do. We have seven thousand <laughs> podcasts and other interests. 
No, I was reading an article on the ABC about how a um, electric vehicle company was now worth more than Tesla or something like that, like a hundred and seven billion dollars or some stupid. Oh wow! Like completely incomprehensible amount. They've only sold a mm. hundred and fifty odd cars. So they're they've like we've made the first like proper use four wheel drive Ute truck thing. Is this the hydrogen company in Australia? I don't know. Because like I just a... got really angry about the way that this stupid car looks. I didn't want to read uh, the article. It might be that one. Yeah, it looks. Then... It's got like a, it's got like a rounded face. And it's got like two little slits where the head headlight should be. I think. Oh, uh, maybe maybe not. I don't know because they they're building them like in Wollongong. Oh, okay. And then they're opening a hydrogen plant at BHP, which makes sense mm. to have one there. Um, but yeah, there's a hydrogen company in Wollongong that's making hydrogen cars. I don't know if they've sold any, so that's probably why I'm not too sure yeah. if it's them. No, I had I had a whole rant about how why electronic cars and hybrids and all that kind of thing look fucking goofy. <laughs> they look They're aerodynamic. So, they look so fucking goofy. They look so ridiculous. <laughs> It's very like the Jetsons, like what people imagine yeah. the future would look like. And because it's an EV, it's got to be futuristic. Make it look like my 8.6. Make it make it look that pretty and I will go and buy an EV. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting a hybrid because um, Toyota does like a couple of like their... Their, their small car hybrids and stuff and like that. Yeah, their Corollas are hybrids. And I was like, oh, that'll be handy. Like if I'm living in Western Sydney and working in Western Sydney. To have a hybrid. I have an issue with Toyota uh, Corollas and Camrys because one murdered my car. No, it was really cool because I was reading I was reading other articles about it, how they're, trans, uh, they're turning traditional muscle cars into EVs. Oh, that's So they're taking cool. out the combustion engine and all that kind of stuff and they're replacing yeah. everything with, with either hybrids or straight EV motors. Um, that's cool. But they're doing it in like classic cars. I'm like, do that. Give me a 40th Inversion. anniversary re-release of something converted to an EV that looks like a you know a 1969 Shelby or something like that. Yeah. Make it go. You would sell a million of them because they it's don't look like dicky fucking skirt Tesla engine. Uh, <laughs> it's you could. Is that how it is? Skirt, is that skirt. the sound? Skirt, 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 skirt. Damn it, I wanted to I make a noise. I don't know if it's going to do that. They're going to be quite quiet. Well, they're not, well, they're not turbocharged, so they won't make My dad is like the biggest hype man for hydrogen cars at the moment. Oh, really? Um, my dad is a historian. He is not a scientist in any way, shape or form. He is like my... Like, if you need to know anything about history, like, my dad is the person to go talk to. That is his special interest. Um, and so he's like, Kat, these hydrogen cars, he's like, I've been saying it. I've been saying it. And nobody and look, now they're doing it. And now they're doing it. He's like, oh, you know, hybrids, hybrids, you're still using coal electricity to charge your car. But hydrogen, hydrogen, you're not. And I'm like, here we go. Here and we go. My dad probably knows more about hydrogen cars than anybody at this point. I think he sat and researched them so that he just knows so, more just than so, anyone. Yeah, just so that he can be that guy at a party who's like, yeah. I foresaw it. I did all the research. I knew what's going to happen. You knew what's going to happen. happen. He's like, don't get a hybrid cat. 
well, he doesn't call me Kurt, he calls me Catherine. He's like, yeah, because you're still using coal electricity and those fucking liberals and their coal electricity living in the dark ages with their coal. And I was like, are you sure you're leftist? I was about to say, are you sure your dad's not a inner inner city lefty? No, my dad is a centrist. (laughs) Like centrist leaning left. But yeah, it's like, maybe my lefty leftiness has... Rubbed off on him. Your dad's gonna, your dad's gonna be a um, card carrying Greens member any day now. Oh, <laughs> he's st- <laughs> hey, he's still a boomer. He's still a boomer. He'll be voting Labor till he dies. Oh God, lesser of two bloody evils. Anyway, let's not turn into yeah. a political podcast. Oh, we can do that next. Yeah, that'll be. That's on the list. That's on the list. <laughs> uh, this week is season two, episode three, scratches. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Tell us about the episode. Jason has second thoughts about the light of day retreats anti-vampire agenda, but Sarah and Steve try to win him over with flattery and promises. Ooh. Also, some other shit happens, but oh, like heaps of shit. Happens. A lot this episode of shit is like happens. full of shit. Yeah, no, not like a bad shit either. Some of it, but it's mostly Anna Packwood's acting. Actually, I found her really good looking in this episode for some reason. 100%, but the acting was still atrocious. <laughs> Anna Paquin's hot, don't get me wrong. I would 100% but... <laughs> go in and bat at that. But her acting is atrocious. <laughs> I didn't really take notice. She wasn't really uh, in this episode. No, she wasn't. For once, it's not kind of super centered around Sookie. She is like a part player in it. Yeah, and I think this is where they start to branch off where it's not just Sookie's story anymore. It's like the story of Walter's story. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Um, so the episode opens with Sookie, Bill, and Jessica leaving Jessica's house from last episode. Yep. Um, Bill, ha- <laughs> he has cracked the shits. He's fucking fuming. Um, and basically ends up in a fight with Sookie for taking Jessica there. And <laughs> the way I described the way I described this episode is that Dad's turned the car around and nobody's going to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. But I love that Sookie's like, I'm fucking getting out. I'm walking. She gets in she's out in the woods and Bill's like, she'll come back. I don't like Sookie's attitude in this fight. Don't get me wrong, they're both being manipulative pieces of shit. Um, th- that's my theme is manipulation. <laughs> um, but so, so Bill, Bill makes a good point. Suki did something that she thought would be okay if she was just reuniting her human friends to her family. But Suki took- Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Suki took a baby vampire who was racked with guilt after seeing her family on the TV. And then she was overcome with anger, like when her family didn't react to her thought- the way they thought she like they would um and her dad kind of provoked her into that emotional Hmm. response suki was really naive in this yeah like even when jess said i'm just gonna stay in the car i'm like hell no you're not gonna stay in the car Mm. like you you can't control any of this so like suki's naivety nearly cost three people their lives yeah and i just feel like suki doesn't quite have the moral high ground here where she often she often sees things, and I make note of this later, is that Suki often sees things black and white. But when you're yeah. dealing with vampires, that's not how like I mean that's not how the world works anyway. But when you're dealing with vampires, you have a different sense of morality, or a, you don't get to take that. Yeah, high you don't get really. to take that high ground because they're not your people. Yeah, and the fact that she kind of acts like a 
teenager being told no. She uses her grandmother's death as this major oh, manipulation yeah. ploy, and it feels so dirty to me. Yeah. I'm like, she but may I as do well get just cry. She's saying, yeah, she may as well have cried, but she's kind of like, well, you know, I'd want to be with my family if I could. But the difference is that. Suki being with her grandmother isn't a vampire reaction. And she's oh, not yeah. a new vampire. And that's like I get I get why she brings her grandmother up as this like, oh, you know, I want to see my grandmother one last time, but Jess is a vampire. She's gonna kill people. Yeah, exactly. That's kinda it's kinda dangerous. Yeah. Um, um it's also he ends up also A plus sorry. manipulation again. Yeah. <laughs> they just this fight is so dirty. It's gross. And something is My water is so cold and so delicious. Excellent. I love that. I love that for <laughs> you. Um, so something is stalking Suki through the woods. Yes. In the book, this scene is so fucking cool. Um, but I think they did a kind of good job in in the in the TV show. Kind of. I I don't know, it feels I I love the reveal of like this bull human thing. Because mm. nobody's quite figured it out yet. Um, but it feels just very generic horror film to me. Like something is stalking yeah. you through the house and it's kind of peering around corners and stuff like that. I feel like they could have done this a little bit more stylized. Yeah, they did in a way because Suki's like, Bill, you know, don't think I'm going to forgive you. Don't be doing, trying to scare me. Like I'm already pissed off with you. That is a, like, that just feels to me like a hundred percent generic like horror movie like I'm expecting it to be in Cabin of the Woods or something like that she's the blonde preppy girl who got annoyed at her jock boyfriend and she went to walk it off and now she's gonna get axe murdered I still like those movies you shut your face oh I know I just wanted something cooler when you're dealing with wolf, yeah. wolf boy not wolf boy wolf. Bear, bull boy pig pig pig. pig is in this episode I love the pig yeah. So Suki hears a noise, looks behind her, and she sees this human horned creature. Yeah, they've got they've hmm. got it's standing on its hind legs. It looks like it's got arms, but it has a bull head. Yeah, like it's quite clearly a bull head. And then it just runs. It runs at Suki. Yeah, that, I would shut. I would have shut my pants. Yeah, I I would have just played dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be dead. Yeah. <laughs> um. Shout out to the special effects team, as always, because the claws that get Suki look repugnant. Oh, they're they disgusting. Are, like long Someone needs and a gooey manicure. and like dirty, and it's such a good. And then the claw marks through Suki's back look so good. Oh, yeah. Um, so later good. when they're at Fantasia, that grosses me out. I love it. I'm like, yes, give me, give me more of this content. Give me more. Um, so Bill comes to Sookie's side uh, after the creature has made off with half of Sookie's back skin. And she basically can't move. And when Bill gives her some of his blood, she begins frothing at the mouth. Like an anaphylactic re- reaction. Yeah. And this is where I think uh, yes. Anna Paquin did some of her best acting. Uh, when she's faking a anaphylactic reaction and she's like on death's door. Honestly, the only time Anna Paquin... We just lost... We just nearly lost a mic, everyone. Sorry. Oh, no. I'm back. You're back. It's okay. I'm back. I don't know how I did that. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Every day. <laughs> um, so, Bill, Bill, yeah, gives Suki her, uh, his blood and she has this reaction. 
um mm. and Jess kind of comes up behind them going holy shit what happened and he's like go get the car yeah so that's that's where they end up for now yes so we end up back in um Malotz. yeah and Sam is and kind this of... is after Marianne's cleared out yeah this is <laughs> this is after Marianne's big old party um mm. Daphne walks in and she's like hey Sam I'm short like 16 bucks and some change and he's like holy shit like this can't keep happening you you're gonna that. pay for it so she puts down what little tips she had and was like oh well I'll just have to owe you the rest I'm yeah. not a fan of Daphne I don't really know much and I can't remember much about her so I think I have to wait until the next episode to for it to click what it is about her yeah I mean I just feel like and even when the big twist is kind of revealed later, quote unquote, big twist, I just mm. feel like she didn't add enough to the story to deserve her own like fleshed out kind of character. Yeah. Like Daphne sort of becomes a central part to the Merlots area, um, but it just doesn't feel like she adds anything. Hmm. I can't remember if she's in the books. I don't think she is from, because I was definitely up to like I finished book one and two and started three and I think she's an additional character mm. so I feel like they've fleshed out the characters that existed in the books but then when it comes to characters that don't it's like uh are you gonna give them something yeah I just feel like there isn't enough to her and the way that she contributes to the plot like even mm. even she just kind of feels like she's there to um to move Sam's plot along, and even that sort of just feels shallow and not well thought out. Yeah, until he's got his, like, Big. there's more shapeshifters involved. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where she'd really come into play, actually, is, like, when mm. the shifters come in a little bit later. Yeah. Um. So Tara comes in after Daphne and is talking about how um Marianne just dropped like $300 in his bar and that kind of stuff yeah. and I'm like damn that's not a lot of money but I also live in Sydney where $300 for <laughs> a two-course meal and a couple of cocktails if that if that um and Sam warns Tara to stay away yeah uh, Tara has come in well and truly to bat for um what I have referred to here as mommy Marianne <laughs> mommy daddy mommy daddy daddy mommy um but like if i was tara and somebody was warning me as vehemently as uh sam is about marianne Mm. i'd be like okay maybe there's something here what's what's going on yeah because you don't just have this visceral reaction to somebody you've just met yeah um you don't it's not it's like unless you actively witness them murdering somebody and you're like oh and now we're getting introduced then yeah like there's no real reason for sam to have this hatred or this fear no and that would kind of I'd be like was, what's going on yeah. why do you hate her if i was and like tara does ask but sam's like you've just got to trust me on this but like i would still take yeah. that into consideration which i think she kind of it sits with her in the last part of this episode yeah because she sort of talks to Marianne about it when they're at home because she's mm. Marianne is making like she's 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 got this beautiful home and she's doing all these things for Tara but Tara's like why does Sam hate you I don't kind of get it but that happens a little bit yeah. later yeah um here we go up to your favorite part 
Yeah. The so... camera the camera on this scene focuses on Suki's back and there are these <laughs> three long claw marks. They're really yeah. deep. It's very visceral, very gooey. It's really, yeah, really like... Shout out to my that... uh, favourite department. <laughs> so that. the doctor who's working on her is Dr. Ludwig, who is actually an elf who works for the vampires. <laughs> See, that's not... And that's, that's the kind of the funny thing is they don't talk about her being an elf See, in, in the this, book they do. <laughs> whereas in this, she's just a little lady. She's just short. She's an elf. Yeah, she's just <laughs> this, this half-size, like, woman... And there's nothing mm. about it is that, yeah, she's an elf or anything like that. But also, it's so cool. my brain always thinks of elves as like these six foot three slender creatures because I've spent too much time playing yeah. D&D. I've spent too much time playing Warhammer. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and like Skyrim and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't expect I don't expect elves to be four foot tall. No. I, but, love, um, I love Ludwig though. She's, oh, she's so good. She's so funny. And the way she talks, she's like so wise and knowledgeable and she's like I'd usually test this poison that's in Suki's back but I really don't have time so I'm doing it my <laughs> the way. The way that she describes it though she's like have you ever seen a Komodo dragon she's like just explaining yeah. very factual things about Komodo dragons by the way if they bite mm. you you're fucked. Um, yeah. But she's like you know the Komodo dragon will will infect somebody with this like poisonous saliva they've got and then they'll track you for days only to eat you and Suki's like laying there like huh? But I like how she's like did I get bitten by a Komodo dragon? <laughs> she's, like, she's no. like no! You dumb bitch. <laughs> you idiot. But her bedside manner leaves something to uh, be desired. Yes because she does pour acid onto Suki's back and we don't know what it is but then she also pulls out what is the end of this creature's nail which yeah, would have been like releasing yeah. more of that poison. Um, yeah. And so that scream that she lets out, I was like, ooh. I love that Eric. I believed it. I love that Eric is such a gossipy bitch in this part. <laughs> he like fishes for information and all this kind of stuff. And then the healer's like, you're going to leave. And he's like, kind of don't want to. He's such a gossipy bitch. Yeah, he's like, Pam and Chow can go. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they're, um, Eric's kind of like, I a creature that sounds like this well he sort of says in the thousand years that i've been alive i've never actually i've never encountered something like this so we get an idea of yeah. how old eric is now we know he's yeah. about a thousand we know he's over a thousand years old um which kind of comes into play a little bit if you remember from last week's episode that eric is talking about a vampire who is older and stronger than him like how old is this fucking yeah. vampire yeah, because Eric isn't one of the originals, but he's up there. Yeah, he's he's definitely quite old, and mm. um, again, it sort of plays into this idea that like Suki's trying to approach everything about vampire morality from a human standpoint. Yeah, but, but that's not how but it that's works. not how it works. <laughs> when you're as old as Eric is, even if you're as old as Bill is, Bill's only a couple of hundred years old. Um, mm. You see the way that morality changes hands. So to speak, like, you know, there's always the good guys doing good and the bad guys doing bad, but it's not black and white the way that Suki sees it. Yeah, she like like you said, she does approach it in a human way rather than um see, I feel like Eric is very um objective about his belief of right or wrong and his like vampire moral compass. I like to th- uh, see, I don't think, I like to think he portrays objectiveness and he wants to be straightforward and all this yeah. kind of stuff. He is so manipulated by his emotions though. 
a yeah, lot of the a lot of vampires would be. <laughs> but he, the way that he does things is that's like he's going to say no, I'm not going to do that. But the moment somebody hits that particular button, or there's a couple of buttons that get pressed, he's all of a sudden like, okay, hang on, I need to wait a second, take charge of this situation again. And it becomes very like you see the wall slowly crumbling, and this happens. Yeah. This happens when um, later in the negotiation for Dallas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but there's a reason why, and we all know it's because Eric's in love with Suki. Yeah, but <laughs> well, Eric um, Eric wants to own Suki. Well, yes, Eric wants Suki in his team, in of, his possession, his collection. It's not, of even, it's not even like he wants her and he's on her. It's not even like he wants her on his team. That was the sentence. Yeah, he, no, just wants, he, just he wants Yeah, he just wants this trophy. Mm. He can't quite figure out what she is, but he wants this trophy. Yeah. So Jason's still at the conference, and he is having a nightmare about Eddie. But I love that um, he pulls his blanket up and Eddie comes out and he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> You're so hot and I'm so cold. Yeah, he's just having PTSD and his, house, yeah. his flatmates are having none of it because he's like sitting there crying and screaming and then he prays. He's, he's like, like give me a sign. <laughs> yeah, so what does what's his face, what's his name fucking... He says, Luke. he throws a pillow at him and he's like, there's your shine. Now, su- now shut up. Some of us are trying oh, to sleep. Yeah, Luke just wallops him with a pillow. <laughs> ah! Which honestly, sometimes you need somebody to just come up and whack you with a pillow when you're and in the middle like, of a meltdown. Yeah, you just, this, is, this is nonsense. Enough of that. Do not come at me while I'm having a menti babe and hit me with a pillow. Oh, sometimes I feel like it's what I need. Just, <laughs> this is stupid. This is stupid. Put I'm your always on my to- own. <laughs> this is stupid. Put your anxiety into something useful. Bop. Actually, you know what? That sounds kind of kind of nice. My, so my boss, my boss has been doing boxing lessons, and I joked oh, about wow. I joked about how next time I was having like one of those really crippling self doubts, she's going to come and bop me in the head. It could be productive. It could be productive. It could be a constructive feedback that I just get whacked in the back of the head, and I'm like, okay, no more of that. <laughs> no more. No more. No, no, no more of that. that. Um. So we jump back to Fantasia, and my just. Eric, why are your fangs out? If you look, so there, Suki, Suki is laying down. Um, well, she's naked. Yeah, she's naked, and the doctor is like, "Okay, I've done my work now. Um, you can give her your blood. Um, yeah. she just needs to rest." If you look at the open part of this shot, Eric is sitting there with his fangs out. Oh, he's I he's didn't like, notice. he's got his mouth open and his fangs are out, and he's staring directly at Suki. Just completely focused on her. Because her blood is everywhere as well. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah. I think he's, like, kind of triggered by that. And then mm. um, Bill goes to bite his arm and Eric stops him and goes, my blood is more po- is older and more powerful. Let me do it. Bill's like, no. <laughs> because we know that when Suki ingests his blood, she's going to be connected to him. So Bill is trying yeah. to stop this and Eric is actively trying to do this. He's like, he's no. He's such a off. horny slut. He's such a horny <laughs> slut. That's what it is. In the beginning of it, he looks like a bloody horn dog. Hornbag. Horn yeah. And my other note on this is like, Bill makes the most horrifying facial expressions. Oh, I know. They're so disgusting. He's like, please stop. Suki is like sucking on his arm and he looks like she's trying to suck a golf ball through a fucking straw. That's what he looks like. He's just got the and oh, just is the straw his penis? 
Yes, darling. That was what I was alluding to. Oh. I... <laughs> I'm so glad you're all here to let me know. It's a good thing you're pretty. I love you. I'm book smart, not street smart. Leave me alone. This is, this is true. This is true. You are very book smart. Well, I think you're very book smart because you're writing a book. So, nah. So that means you're a good book smart person. Good book smart person. I'm smart enough to dodge books that are thrown at me. Does that make me book smart? Uh, yes. Um, Eric is also rubbing in, like, this fact that Suki sort of owes him for saving her life now. He keeps bringing it up. Yeah, (laughs) because Bill's kind of like, thank you for, uh, thank you for helping her and all this kind of stuff. And he doesn't trust the fact that Eric is being so hospitable. Like, this isn't being done out of the kindness. Would anybody? Yeah, no, it's not being done out of the kindness of his heart. Eric always has an agenda. Absolutely. But um, Pam and Chow come back and they let Eric know that they have found human tracks, but they picked up the smell of an animal that was, uh, picked up a smell that was distinctly animal. animal. But I love that Eric says to Pam, those were some good pumps. Those were some good pumps. And Eric just has this smirk on his face. <laughs> she didn't want to go because of her shoes. Yeah, she was like, Chow can go, I'm wearing my favourite pumps. And then Eric says something to her in Swedish. I think it's like, Go. Um, and then she comes back and she's got leaves in her hair her (laughs) stockings have got runs in them and Eric's just like those were some nice pumps and Pam looks like she would rip his head off oh yeah she's so pissed off she's so mad yeah Um, what the fuck is in the pot at Marianne's house and why does it need more Jupiter Jupiter? Jupiter Juniper 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 Juniper. why does it need more it's not gin Uh, uh, Juniper smells really good haven't you smelt gin? I do, but I don't think what's in the pod is gin. It's definitely not gin. Oh, it, maybe tea? It might be a tea. No, it had offal in it. It had um, it had guts. <laughs> if you actually go back and look at it, you can see it's, it must be like cow's stomach or something like that in it because it looks kind of fluffy. Uh, um, it like, looks, yeah, it, intestines or something. Yeah, it, it looks awful. Ah! Ah! That, that was a great joke. <laughs> that was a great joke. <laughs> I'm so proud. Um, yeah, but my fa- I love watching Carl in interactions with Marianne because yeah. he like gives her the spoon and she's like, mm, needs more juniper, don't you think? He's like, yes, Marianne, you're correct. I'm like, damn, bitch, you want to get out under her thumb? But also he probably <laughs> but- knows what she is. Yeah, and she also explains to Tara that he is doing things for his own benefit. Yeah, so he realised that life was supposed to be about serving others or something like that. So this is yeah. like, in, in his eyes, this is a selfish act because this is what makes him happy, is serving others. Yeah. Um, she's also making the world's most beautiful joint. I know. Like, she rolls that beautifully. Because they're planning for a party. They are planning that... for a party, but that joint is the size of my middle finger. Yeah, it was very nicely rolled. It, it, was, it was beautifully rolled. And honestly, I, I kind of, want somebody like i want a manslave who will bring me fresh fruit and coffee and somebody yeah. to make me joints like that like damn that'd be so good except i don't at this joints. point though this is tyra asking marianne why sam hates her mm-hmm. and basically marianne's like oh it's because he is jealous he's jealous that you're growing that you're making other friends and it's just being you know directed onto me and i was like marianne like given the Minus the fact that Sam and Marianne have a past, Marianne's actually giving really good advice to Tara at this point. 
I see, and I, was I like, see this, this is good advice. I see this as a total manipulation. Oh, really? Yep. So she's saying to she's saying to Tara that Sam's just jealous you're not his anymore. Yes. Um, I, I understand that you're, as you're, a manipulation. You're, you're yeah. your own person, this kind of thing. But the way she says it is that it strikes me as like you're not his anymore, but you're definitely mine. Yeah, I and, understand that part. Yeah, yeah. I like the advice is totally legit. Like people get people get mad when other people grow and move past them mm. and that kind of thing. And you're 100 percent allowed to do that. But this just red flags. Red. <laughs> Marianne's is, a big red flag. Marianne is a big red flag. There is a collegiate uh, cheerleading team with red flags that have got Marianne's name all over them. And they're just parading through Marianne's backyard. They're just right now. parading through Marianne's backyard, the but Marianne, <laughs> but Marianne's too stoned to notice. Yeah, she's like, "What is that? What is, what is That's happening?" That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Sam. We cut back to Sam's trailer. He's, he's decided he's going to leave town for a little bit. He's not leaving forever because Terry's like, "Are you running away?" And Sam's like, "No, I'm coming back. Like, like eventually, maybe. I don't know." <laughs> um, but Sam tries to give Terry the bar. <laughs> yeah. Sam, you do not give the shell shocked vet with significant PTSD a bar. He no. and like and and Terry says this. He's like, "I just like cooking. Having the yeah. bar is too much like responsibility." I wouldn't be your first choice if I was you. And he's like, well, actually, you're not. Which manipulates Terry into it more because now Terry feels like he has no way to back out and he's got no choice in the matter. Because that's what he says. He's like, like, oh, well, I guess, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I guess I have to do it. He doesn't have a choice in the matter. What is Dean? It's my... It's to remind me to take my medication, which I've already done this evening. Good Everyone's girl. Re- really proud of me. I am. I'm proud of you because <laughs> nice. i got to go take my medication later. Um. So, yeah, Sam, Sam kind of... Uh, makes Terry feel like he's obliged to do this. And I've got a yeah. note underneath here. It's like, this episode has big themes of manipulation. I wonder what, <laughs> wonder what that's coming from. And I'm just like, every, like, overarching just generally is that everybody is manipulating each other into this, like, yeah. biggest scheme. And I'm like, I hate it. But there's a reason for all of it. <laughs> I hate it, though. I don't, I don't want to be feeling these feelings. But Terry does say to him, he's like, remind me to never get stuck in a foxhole with you, coward. Yeah. I was like, ooh, big words, Terry. Big, wow. big words. You can't take that back. Those are words you can't take back. I don't think Terry would take them back. Terry, <laughs> Probably not. Terry says some Terry says some straightforward looking things. Yeah, unapologetically, Terry. <laughs> unapologetically, Terry. Um, so now we're in group therapy. Yeah. And I hate it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I never did group therapy because like I was misdiagnosed with borderline personality disorder maybe about four or five years ago and one of the biggest things is dbt which is usually done in group settings Mm -hmm. and lucky i questioned my diagnosis before i threw myself into that i'm really glad i didn't go to group therapy at some vampire hating christian camp that too uh i did go to christian christian cramps christian Christian camps but there wasn't a lot of Jeebus talk from what I remember. Maybe I just blocked it out. Maybe. It's just like one of those memories that'll come back up in therapy later. And be like, ooh. So this opens up on a woman expressing her feelings about an interaction she's had with a vampire. A very traumatic interaction. She's got yeah. she's got bite marks on her. You can see that like she's clear clearly been attacked by a vampire. Yeah. Um poor thing. And Jason kind of questions this a little bit not necessarily her her interaction with a vampire or anything like that but the way that it's being portrayed is that all vampires are evil 
Yes, um, because he's like, I've had only good interaction. Yeah, I've I've had you know every inter- bad interaction I've had with a vampire has been caused by a human. Um, yeah, you know he was he was a person, and this is where it picks up because Sarah goes, would a person a person wouldn't do that? And he, she's pointed uh, to this. Does she know people? Yeah, has she met the human people race? People do fucking worse. <laughs> the, has she met the human race at all? Um, and. It's very much they're not like us. They are the enemy, and again, it's sort of yeah. turning that southern racism kind of on its head again. Yeah. Um. Uh, but he he says to her afterwards because when he leaves, Sarah follows him, and he says that he thinks he didn't do enough to save his grandmother or Amy. Mm. And Sarah's like, "Well, you know, uh, when the vampires came out of the coffin, I went with my big sister Amber to march for their equal rights." Two months later, Amber disappeared, got hooked on V. I know they killed her, got rid of the, her body in whatever way they do. Which, she has no evidence that her sister was killed. No, she just disappeared. She doesn't know that you know, if she hmm. was killed or if she was turned or whatever. It will come up later, though. It will come up down the track. Um, yeah. And then they end up praying. They're sitting at the end of this. It's actually really pretty. They're at, yeah. they're, at the, they're being framed by like the porch of this house and it's really bright behind them and that kind of thing. And Sarah's talking about how, you know, if God can protect Jason and protect her and protect his sister and sort of bring everybody who's in the dark into the light, who's still in the dark into the yeah. light. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's very much cementing. She's trying to cement Jason into, again, being manipulated because he's in a yeah, of relationship of with this thing. Well, I want- but this is what manipulators do as well, is yes. they find like common ground and they're like, right, now I gotcha. Yeah. In. Now, now we can do the thing. We have a common experience. Exactly. <laughs> um, I just have here that Sarah's being a Southern flavoured snack about that entire mm. scene because she was hot. I mean, she is she's, hot. She's amazing. She's just the most attractive person I've ever seen. <laughs> it's ridiculous. She's so hot. I know. She's such know. a trap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Christian traps. Christian traps. <laughs> um, Suki wakes up at Fantasia and Ginger brings her a sandwich. <laughs> and I love how a two-story two, two sandwich or something like that. Yeah, because she says something about how vampires forget that humans eat, so lucky I'm here, and she's like, I've lost 37 pounds in this job. Better than fat, better than the fat farm. That's yeah, and I was like, what's a fat farm? Don't you know what fat farms are? So imagine, like, you're an overweight kid, right? And your parents are like, we're going to send you to camp. It's like it's the biggest loser without the cameras it's super on steroids you get calorie restrictions like some of these places i've seen are like eight to twelve hundred calories a day for for kids um kids need like fucking five thousand calories a day yeah you you base run on twelve hundred calories a day that's why nobody that's why nobody recommends that you do a twelve hundred calorie diet because that is the base level of what your of what your body needs um but yeah, it's all about. I mean, like, ever since I got braces, it's really hard to get to twelve hundred calories because I just can't chew. My I can't, this week, this week, <laughs> my my brain has been so disinterested in life lately that I forget to eat. Oh yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, I'll, I'll wake up, I'll do work, and then come to like six thirty, and I'm like, why the fuck am I so hungry? Oh, because it's six thirty oh, at night, and I haven't eaten is, anything. Today. Yeah, I do that. I can thank ADHD for that. That's why I have alarm set for breakfast and lunch, Ooh, so that I eat. I've got my I got mine uh, for my breaks in my calendar at work. Yeah, 
Oh, my phone will go work. off and it's like, eat lunch. Because my grandma will remind me to eat dinner. She'll be like, have you eaten? And I'm like, no. And she's like, do you want something to eat? Bless your grandma. She knows like, I literally only eat because I have to, not because I'm hungry. Which is really bad because I, I'm in the same boat at the moment because I love food. I, I'm oh, yeah. so looking forward to dinner next week. Mm. Kat, Kat and I are go, hopefully going to um, a hot pot place. Yes. And the meat is on a Barbie. The meat. On a Barbie dress. <laughs> I mean, the doll. I, I, I mean, it's hot pot. It's kind of, you can get the ones that have got a barbecue in them as well. The one we used to did, it was like a three-tiered, like, hot pot thing. Oh. So it had, like, you put dumplings in the top of it, and then you put, had the, yeah. a, and, like, the grill and all that kind of, it was very fancy. They're not there anymore. Yeah. But we're going to a different one. Anyway, I really it's love. It's going to be delicious. I really love food, and I have zero interest in um, eating, so thank God for meal yeah. replacements. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been drinking um, the Lady Shake, who are an Australian-based company, because their banana shake uh, fucking rules. Oh, I hate banana anything. Oh, really? Banana-flavoured things? I fucking love. (laughs) Their caramel shake and their chopped peppermint is really good as well. I've just been eating Fat Burner or Fat Blaster or whatever it is, because I can just... It's in chocolate. It tastes like chocolate. It's not going to make me throw up later. And Yeah. I have a sensory thing, so like first thing in the morning, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. The thought of like chewing anything makes me feel sick. Yeah, so that's why I have a shake. Yeah, um, and like four coffees. But anyway, but anyway, <laughs> less about our bizarre and probably disordered eating habits. Yes, um, thank you, trauma. Thank you, Sean. Um, <laughs> Sookie finds out about Lafayette. Yes, by reading Ginger's thoughts. Yeah, but I love how she's like, "Fuck, fuck." Hopefully, she doesn't find the gun in the safe, and it's like oh, the gun under the cash register, and they sit there and you they know stare at each other. Woman- they can. This woman can read your mind. I saw, and this is the funny thing: is that it's not the first time that Ginger's had this interaction. I know because Sookie came and read her mind like but three Eric weeks ago. Her. Remember, Eric glamoured her for that. Did she, did he? I, no, maybe not. No, because they were trying to find out who the accountant was. Er, uh, yes, uh, she'd been glamoured. It wasn't uh, Ginger had oh. been glamoured, but it was done by Long Shadow. That's it wasn't right. Done by Eric. Okay. Yeah, my time. bad. Yes. Um, so uh, Suki runs down into the basement and finds Lafayette, who has not been turned into a vampire. He's not great. Uh, looking not so good. Not not great. Um, he's got bite marks all over him. He's still got the gunshot wound. Um, and Suki kind of goes, I will get you out of here. Like, we, we leave him, but I will get you out of here once I can figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um... <laughs> So at Marianne's house, there's a gathering happening and Tara and Eggs are chatting away. I can't really remember what they're talking about, but we find out that Tara's late for work and decides just to blow her shift off and is like, oh, fuck it. I'm too drunk anyway. So Eggs and Tara were bonding over the fact that Marianne has helped them because Eggs was playing the guitar. Um, And then she notices that um, the time on Eggs' watch just kind of goes, well, I'm already late, so fuck it. Um, I have Tara is munted, LMAO. Girl, you know you don't mix grass and grain or grapes in her case. Uh, Definitely not. No. This this is bad. You stick to one or the other. Yeah. Um, So we go back to Fantasia and Bill comes out from whichever hidey hole he was in and hugs Sookie. And sort of (laughs) Whatever hidey hole he was in. He's in a hidey (laughs) hole somewhere. I don't know. Um, but the way that the way that Suki looks when Bill hugs her, she is like physically trying to repel him. She is not she is not excited about this this hug. Would you no. stop giggling at my hidey hole? I, I, it just makes me laugh. 
<laughs> whatever. Wherever he was, he was in. Remember the office that looks really boring, and it's like your vampires. This is this is your office. This is your office. This is it, huh? This is it. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so. <laughs> Bill goes, are you still angry about us fighting? And I'm like, yes, Bill, she's still angry. Why the fuck wouldn't she be? Y'all didn't resolve that just because she nearly died. Yeah, but she says, you're right. I'm alive and in one piece. Unlike my friend Lafayette, who Eric chained up like an animal and left to bleed to death. Mm -hmm. And basically says, you know, you better not know anything about this because, like, I, you're fucked if you I do. will, I will do things. Yes, um, and... Eric admits to it. He's like, I imagine she's referring she's to the human in my basement. The human who traded sexual services with a vampire in order to sell his blood, which, as you know, is a grave offence. The slap Suki gives Eric. I felt that slap. He does not move. No. Um, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because yeah. you're just like, oh. She goes up <laughs> and smacks the bitch out of him, and he does not move. He's like, well, I hope that makes you feel better. He just yeah. never so casually had himself slapped into next week. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But I like how he's like, and may I add that that colour suits you very well. She's just wearing like a red Fantasia like yeah, band yeah. shirt. She's just, she's just in like Fantasia merch. My favourite part <laughs> is she's talking about how he better release um, Lafayette or she's going to the cops. And Eric yeah. like stands over her. I have this like thing about thinking that Alexander Skarsgård has to bend in half at their hips just to stand yeah, over. Just to because do he's that. like he's six foot three or something ridiculous. And he's taller than yeah, that, I think. Uh, um, we've, we've looked this up before. I feel like we haven't, but I'm going to. Uh, do you know his dad is in... Sorry. Yeah, so his dad is in the Marvel movies and his brother is it. Yeah, his dad's also in Dune. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched Dune on the weekend. That movie's sick. I bet. Um... Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård is six foot three. He's 194 okay. centimetres. Ned's taller than him. How tall is Ned? You keep telling me things about Ned and I'm like, no. He's six foot four. <laughs> I've never, my, one of my best friends is six foot three. Anna Paquin, for what it's worth, she's 1.65. She's, like, oh, just, she's, she's like, a little bit shorter than me. Yeah, she's yeah. like five, 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 four, yeah, five, five. Like I'm that. five, six. Yeah. So she is... She is not big. And then, like, Anna Paquin Height. It's got Stephen Moyer is 1.78. Alexander Skarsgård is 1.94. Like, she is the tiniest person. She is pocket yeah. size. Um, pocket rocket. Yeah. And so, it's like Ned has to look down to, like, he has to, like, crane his neck to speak to me. Yeah, so I just imagine that Alexander Skarsgård is just bent at the hips, just on, like, this <laughs> right like, angle, just, like, looking at her. Did you say something? <laughs> just Hello? But you say that he doesn't respond well to threats. Yes. And, and Suki is but staring Suki is, him down. Yeah, she, don't, she, don't, she is not scared at all. Which is She's, possibly very not living of her. She potentially no, has she wants to unalive. So, we open, we go back to Vampire Bill's house and Jess crawls out from under the couch, uh, from yes. under the stairs. I'm about to go on an entire rant. And it's going to be magnificent. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So Jess gets out. She goes looking for Bill. She goes looking for Sookie. Nobody's home. She's kind of feeling a little bit left and left out and abandoned. She's like, oh. Oh. And so the next shot is Jess walking into Malotte's. Yeah. And I love this scene because it's so well punctuated by the background song. So um, it's the, the song is, um, it's by Macy's Playground. 
Okay, yeah. And oh, um, Mama, I smelled sex. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of the song, uh, but I didn't even know that was the name of the band. Yeah, so I I remember that song from when I was a kid. I went and looked it up because I thought it was Talking Heads. It's not Talking Heads. It's Macy's Playground. So the way that it goes is that Jess is walking into the bar and it's she's got like she's all glammed up and that kind of thing and it's hanging around downtown by myself and I had so much time to sit and think about myself and then there she was like double cherry pie. Yeah, there she was like disco superfly. So I love this idea that when it pans to Jess, it's talking about there she was like double cherry pie. Yeah. And she's just so beautiful and ethereal in kind of this moment in that self-dress she's got and all that kind of stuff. And it's she's this gorgeous redhead that you can't help but look like you want to devour. Yeah. Um, and then the next scene is I Smell Sex and Candy in here um, and it's very much the tone of the bar. So we're post-Marian debauchery. <laughs> Um, and people are like looking again, like looking at Jess, like she's a double cherry pie. Like there's clearly like this tone of sex and seediness in the bar. And then it goes, who's that lounging in my chair? Who's that cast and devious stairs in my direction? Mama, this surely is a dream. And it's when Jess looks at Hoyt and Hoyt looks at Jess. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Again, it's so beautifully punctuated. So it describes that intensity of a first look with somebody you immediately connect with, you know, they're looking at each other with these really sultry deep eyes and it's like electrifying. Mm. And I just love the, the the way that it works. And so Hoyt straightens up because he's just seen this beautiful woman he's walking like, oh, the bar. Act smart. Um, Jess sits in the next booth and she's like coyly like looking behind the, the, uh, the menu and stuff like that. And you can just kind of hear the song in the background punctuating the conversation again um, because it sort of is – Hoyt coming up and introducing himself and talking about how he says he was literally saying to himself that he never met a good girl. Yes. How come you never meet a nice girl? And then he's like, you know, um, she's like, how can you tell that I'm nice? And he's like, because of your smile. And again, she lights up. I love yeah. the actress for Jess. I can't. She's doing a podcast. Yeah. I can't remember what the name is. Yes, she's in quite a lot because uh, I've seen her in a lot of horror movies lately. Yes, she was in um, Escape Room. She was in Escape Room. Yeah. Um, Deborah Ann Wall. That's right. Yeah. Um, and she does a True Blood podcast. I think she copied us. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, Deb, if you want to come on the podcast, let us know. We will. We, we will one hundred percent make that allowance. I'll probably pass out, and you'll have to do all the talking. I will sit there and hyperventilate about how I'm talking to so the hottest woman So Deborah Ann Wald, yeah, she'll be doing all the talking. Yeah, I will be hyperventilating. Just like, <laughs> help, help. Um, yeah, again, like, I've got here that Sookie's taking no shit from Eric. She's, like, she's not two seconds away from getting her snaps next because they're now negotiating the deal to Dallas. Yes, yeah. So basically Eric saying to her, I'll let Lafayette go if you go to Dallas to look for this vampire for me. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, what's in it for me? And he's like, you get to live. And she's like, I want $10,000. Uh, no, she was like, I want $5,000. Uh, yes. And then Bill's like, it'll be 10000 and I accompany And I'm her. going with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite part is that when Eric finally agrees to this, like you can tell that he knows that he's not going to get his way. So he just kind of, okay, whatever. He's like, All right. Bill turns around and goes, I will arrange the travel accommodation, uh, the travel arrangements, but I'm going to need your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it. Eric. I love that when Bill's like, 
you sure, Suki? And she's like, yeah, it's like all of this I haven't been working and I need a new driveway. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I've missed a lot of work. <laughs> Suki is a capitalist. She's out for herself. She's a capitalist. She knows what, girl knows what she wants. Exactly. <laughs> now we're back to the debauchery of Marianne's party. Marianne's party. And it is the yes. Um, But before this, there is a scene where Sam calls Tara because he's looking for her. Yes. And um, he leaves a voicemail and says, you know, take a good look at the people around you. And I was just like, I think Tara listens to this later in the afternoon or something like that. I'm I'm not 100% sure. But Arlene also comes in to cover for Suki and uh, she says, I know, I know, I'm late, but Lisa decided to give Kobe a nose piercing like she saw in America's Next Top Model and now he's got an infection. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that shit I used to do with my siblings. Like, I, I never did that, but I'd watch my siblings do really dumb shit. You just be like, why are you doing yeah, that? Yeah, people used to like pierce their nose with thumbtacks, and I'm like, hmm. uh, the worst. Uh, we were we would have been killed by my mother if we did. The worst like thing that. I ever did was stick paper clips in my ears. Oh my god, um, which is in hindsight probably not the best decision. But I've no, done my parents took me to get my ears pierced. I've I've no, my ears are pierced. I just used to put paper clips in them because oh very, okay, it was well, very punk rock. Um, very punk rock. Very punk rock. Could have just put a sleeper and then hung like a paper clip on it. it wasn't punk rock enough. Oh, sorry. God, you're so uncool. Uh, I was just hygienic. <laughs> I was really worried about getting an ear infection. My ears got infected anyway. My left oh. my left ear has two holes. Uh, it should have four. No, it's got three holes. It should have four because one of the holes didn't close up entirely. So I've got like scar, like open scar tissue. Ooh, that's like in my like septum. So I can't get my septum re-pierced. Because it's just scar tissue. And I was like, please... Just pop a needle through it. It's fine. No. No. No, it hurts enough, like, getting it pierced. Like, oh, Don't say it, that. Mm. I want to go get it done. It doesn't – it's not hurt. It's pressure. Like, the pressure is uncomfortable. Mm. It's not the pain. Like, the pain of, like, the needle going in is, like, the only pain you'll feel. Like, as it first, like, pierces your skin. No, it's the my... same as, like, a, my a needle luck. when you're getting an injection. Knowing my luck, I'd bot myself in the face. Oh, please don't. Your nose is itchy and my nose is itchy now. Uh, it's, I have the worst hay fever. As soon as it's like raining, my nose is just like insanely runny. But it's also a part of psoriatic arthritis to constantly have a runny nose. It's just the things that I know. It's such a pain in my ass. I have to take any hysterics to stop my nose from running. <laughs> have you thought about tripping it up? Pardon? Have you thought about tripping it up? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, less of my kill you. Less, less of my dad jokes. <laughs> More about Marianne's party, which is yes. in the full throes of whatever's happening over there. There's all kinds of things happening, isn't it? But Andy once again is in the right place at the right time. He's just not looking in the right spot. Yeah. Um, but my favorite... he's looking for the wrong thing. He's looking well. for the wrong like, thing. He's, he's getting sure. distracted. He's like, I know something's up. My favorite. I'm not sure what it is. He's walking around and he sees this dollhouse because he can hear something. And goes in, he sees this pig, and he goes, "What you doing in there, pig?" (laughs) I love the pig because it's like a little cubby house. Yeah, it's like a little kid's dollhouse, like uh, playhouse or something like that. So Mm. Marianne comes over to Andy and he's like, "You've had some noise complaints." Um, And she's like, "Okay, excuse me." Bless you. Thank you. Gesundheit. Gesundheit. Um, and he's like, well, also, um, do you have a livestock license for that pig? 
And Marion's like, what pig? They go over and he's like, that one, that one. But he's like, I know, there was not a, there. I know there was a pig there. He's so, he's <laughs> being gaslit. And he's getting gaslit by a pig. <laughs> <laughs> I love that pig. I love pigs so much. Pigs are fun, but this pug, this, this pug, this pig is like my favourite. Fuck you, smoke bombs. Smoke bombs out. 100% my favourite character because the pig just comes up and punctuates all these really perfect scenes. He's so great. Pig! Great. Get back here. Uh, next scene. Um, well, Marianne convinces Andy to stay at the party. Yes. That's important. That is, that is important, yes. Um, Jason is having dinner with Sarah and Steve Nolan. And Steve is explaining that there's a war going on with the vampires and you're either on the side of darkness or light. There is no in-between. And Steve goes on to tell Jason that God has big plans for him. Um, and Steve is also motivated motivated by the righteousness that he thinks he's got when the vampires yeah. have supposedly killed his family. Yeah. Um, this, isn't con- this is neither confirmation nor denial, but this will come up later. Yeah. Um, but... It's very much, again, twisting the narrative to manipulate Jason, saying that, like, if you love them, then you're against us. Like, how can you be against your own race? Um, Yeah. So Sarah comes back in and her and Steve kind of flirt for a second. And she goes, well, I'll go get the whipped cream. And Jason makes the funniest face. He's like, oh, I shouldn't think about that. Oh, yeah, it kind of crosses his mind for a second. Then he realizes he's supposed to be a good chaste boy. Um, yes, but then Steve says, you know, Sarah, he's like, um, Sarah must see something in you. You know, Sarah doesn't whip out her pudding for just anybody. anybody. <laughs> I love all of, like, there's a double-layered everything to this entire, like, everything that Steve and Sarah do, there's, like, it's double entendre. It 100%. And I think it's very much playing up that very campy. Oh, yeah. It's kind of mocking them in this the very campy, campy way. religious, yeah. like, uh, overzealous behaviour. Yeah, and it's like the good the good Christian couple, southern wife kind of thing. It's very, it's yeah. very funny. It's such, it's so well done. Um... So we come back to Vampire Bill's house again, and Jess has yes. bought Hoyt home. Can we talk about the fact, just for like two seconds, that Jess is supposed to be like 17? Yes. And Hoyt is in his I early understand. 20s. I think that after her birthday, like the next one, um, I think they stopped seeing her as a child. Like yeah. they do eventually stop treating her like a child. Yeah. she's Even though she will be 17 forever. Yeah, I think the idea with where Jess is at at the moment is but at the moment but at the moment yeah she's 17 (laughs) um but I think at this moment it's like trying to play out that youthful innocence that she's lost and I love and I love that they're trying to do that transition of Jess going from again bible studies every week that kind of thing into this vampire and it's like you slowly see the way that Jess sort of dresses herself and presents herself. It's not going to be the girl in, with curls and the summer hair, like the summer dress. Yeah. And at 17, women typically are on, it's, it's that stage of development where you are finding your person. And it is it, in psychology and like adolescent development, it does have a name. I don't know what it's called because I Puberty. scrape. It, it is that, but there's like a stage between like the ages of 18 and like 25. Oh. in um development like cognitive development I, I i like fucking scrape by the skin of my teeth in that subject so i can't remember what it's called 
but there's like a it's like identity formation and yeah like, and discovery and this is like sexual discovery is in that as well either sexual discovery or sexual repression whichever way you know um influences our behavior at that time because you know biologically centuries ago we would have been having children a long time ago yeah like before 17 like we would have been having children at like 13 14 years old yeah and i think as well is that it's kind of playing up on that idea because um Bill says earlier, like Bill says later, sorry, that um, he finds that clothes these days kind of don't um, leave much to the imagination and that petticoats required a certain skill to take off. And they're trying to sort of play that up is that Bill is trying to raise a modern girl or a modern woman. It'd be so hard for him. And not only is she trying to combat this idea that she's now out on her own, because like when you were 18, going 18, 19, you were trying to get out from under your parents, trying to break away from their identity and stuff like that. Um, But Mm. Bill is also trying to raise someone who is several hundred years younger than him. And he's (laughs) and it's not like dating Suki or anything like that, because she is still kind of going through the throes of basically vampire puberty. Yeah. She'll be going through puberty every day for the rest of her life. Well, that's also brought up later that Jess will be a yeah. virgin permanently. Uh, so, no thank you. Oh. Um, I would not be about that. Yes. Uh, is... I love that in the when they're standing in the atrium and Hoyt's like, oh, you have a Wii? And he's like, I have a what? Because yeah. <laughs> she's got no idea. I love that a Wii was the pinnacle of console gaming at some stage. <laughs> Yeah, how weird is that? And it didn't really last for that long. Like, you and I both being gamers and working in the industry and whatnot. Like, we wouldn't have lasted, what, a year or two? No. If it was, it was, it, again, and the Wii and the Wii U were, like, proof of concept, yeah. I think, um, for what the Switch is now, for what I think Nintendo yeah. are going to turn the Switch into. Um, but do you remember Wii? Like, when it was at its yeah. strongest? Yeah, I had one. A friend of a friend of mine does the cosplay for um, the Wii Fit woman. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. she does she does a cosplay of that. Like, but you could get all sorts of accessories for them, and there was like I think there was a Resident Evil game on one of them. Yeah, and... Resident Evil Four was on it. Yeah, I think maybe because I remember it was on GameCube. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. And yeah, that was it. It was just it was like the pinnacle of gaming because the, while mm. the Kinect had kind of done something like that and the PlayStation Eye and stuff, it wasn't true. I don't know, it just wasn't it wasn't where Nintendo wanted to go and it was just yeah. like something of its time. Yeah, it was just really mind blowing that it didn't last as long as all other consoles that in that generation because that was the PlayStation 3 generation. But I think it was when the, that came Yeah, out. it was the first home game console that Nintendo had released, uh, released a while because previous to that it was the GameCube. But yeah. that had such a long life. Oh, yeah, I was still playing that in like my late teens yeah and like you can still because the 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 Wii had the gamecube controller compatibility and mm. stuff like that like it just lasted forever yeah and it still has Far a good out. it still has a good legacy on it and that's i think the, that's yeah, the thing that the Wii misses and the way the way you miss it didn't have they that. don't have a legacy whereas the gamecube still has this amazing legacy the weird thing is that we had um, a lot of Zelda games that were exclusive to Wii, but have now come to Nintendo. So I love that Nintendo are charging ninety dollars for the the Nintendo sixty four controller. 
Yeah, I, I don't even I think that's one. Nintendo. I think that's uh, a third party. No, the one that the, oh, the one that's the N sixty four release with the N sixty four emulator is actually Nintendo. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, the SNES one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he's like trying. To, Hoyt is trying to show just how a Wii works, and so she yeah, because she's him. like what. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's actually a cute little moment because like he's trying to put the 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 Wii U cuff around her and she like swoops in and kisses him. It's very cute. Yes, it's it's very it's very like that teenage moment. I love and I love the sort of juxtaposition. I've just sort of missed. I love the juxtaposition between Jess and Hoyt. Yes, because Hoyt, Hoyt is very infantile. I don't think that's a yeah. He's Jess very, is very innocent. Yeah, but Jess is clearly like the more mature one in this, and I love that. Their age gap is quite significant, mm. but they're playing like this altered role. Is that Jess is taking charge? She is the the one who's going to make this happen, and Hoyt's just there for yeah. the ride. And the thing is that Jessica represents everything that his mother has told him not to go near. Yeah, which is kind of funny so because she's the good yeah. Christian girl, but she's a vampire. And it's such and... a rebellion. Yeah, um, that you know she. Yeah, and I, I kind of like it's a big fuck you, mum. I can't <laughs> wait till Miss Thornberry meets Jess. <laughs> And it's good fun. It is so good fun. Um, I can't remember where we're up to now. Um, Suki and Bill are dropping Lafayette ho- at home, oh, yeah. and he says to them that he spent the last few weeks at Club Med. Um, Club Med. He is drinking margaritas. Just he is relaxing. Peachy. He uh, he also wants Bill's vampire friends to remember it that way. Yes. Uh, if anybody has seen Lafayette, he was at Club Med for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and Suki is like, are you okay? Like, you should at least get that gunshot taken care of or let Bill, like, give you some blood or something like that. And he's like, yeah. no, 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 I'll just get my uncle to to stitch it up. I can imagine that having vampire blood right now would just be a slap in the face because he's he's now going to go through that trauma and reliving it. It's a very, it's a, I love the way that they do Lafayette's trauma in this because yeah. I can see parts of my own trauma in it. And the way that yeah. he handles it, like sometimes the, it, it, when I'm having a really traumatic episode, and I need to ground myself. I'll either go wrap myself in my weighted blanket, or I go sit in the bottom of a hot shower. Yeah, just to be enveloped by something, and that's what he does. He immediately just goes and grabs this really comforting blanket and just kind of cries. Yeah. He can't believe that he's alive, but now he's also <laughs> got to deal with the reality of what happened to him. Yeah, and it's really horrifying everything that did happen to him. It is. And... It's 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 not pleasant. No, but on their drive home, Suki tells Bill that she has a lot of doubt about vampires, you know, and these things that are that she's encountered, and that she's glad that that she can't be glamoured against everything that's happened because she wants to be prepared. Um, and you know, Bill is talking to her that vampires, just like humans, are capable of both good and evil. Yeah, and she's kind of like. Uh, can you tell me that you really think that Eric is capable of good? But again, Eric is a thousand mm. years old. He's very different. Eric, he's lived through different times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the idea again, Suki going back to this black and white view of the world is that it's either you're good or either you're bad. Yeah, there's no room in her world for compromise, and it makes me really sad because she's not. I, I get that this relationship with Eric is meant to sort of be a motivation as to why she sort of rebels a little bit and there's a lot of like enemies to lovers stuff going on yeah. in the background uh, because they are building up that sexual tension between Eric and Suki. 
Yes. Um, they're already starting to allude to a lot of different things. Yeah, they're definitely playing on that enemies to lovers kind of trope, which I know my friend mm. Amy loves. Um, and I love I, it. I'm, I love I'm it. the same. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> So many books I read are, are definitely uh, enemies to lovers tropes. Like, I read a lot of dystopian um, and like sci-fi fantasy books like all YA yep. so you know it's all enemies to lovers but yeah they're, they're really playing up on that to kind of have this big reveal later um, yeah but again like Suki doesn't realise that the people that she's interacting with or the, the, the people around her she's interacting with aren't 22 year olds they aren't 23 year olds yeah. we don't have the same sense of morality that eric's going to have when he's grown up through the viking age he's growing up through yeah. watching the industrial revolution all of that kind of thing like he's he's going to be different mm. you know like it's... definitely definitely going to see things very differently and so he um like you said at the start sees things and expects people to have the same not the same perspective, but see things through um, that lens of we are all 20 in our early 20s and this is how it should be. And I think it's very much comes from her background as well. That sort of Southern Baptist religion kind of thing is that if you're not a God-fearing person, there's clearly something wrong with you. And she's kind of trying to yes. apply that to vampires who don't believe in they, – they, they, they do have their own, like, moral system and religious system and stuff like that that we find out about later, um, but they're not – going to see it because human human foibles for a better for a lack of a better word aren't concerning to mm. them anymore yeah they don't give a shit about that <laughs> yeah it's it's all sort of survival and stuff like that but they don't have to have the worry of you know am i going to get sick am i going to do this or am i going to do that because they're all older than sin and dead yeah <laughs> Um, Tara and Eggs are getting the steamy in the hot tub at Marianne's party. They absolutely are. Um, a topless girl hops in and mentions that she is a massage, she's a masseuse, and uh, offers to give Eggs a shoulder massage. While this is going on, Tara's looking around the whole party and notice how everyone's, like, getting very... Rotten around. Yeah. There's a, she's, she's like, what the fuck is going on here? I think it's really funny that Tara comes in and out of Marianne's spells so easily. Yeah. Um, because there's something like she's she's clearly entangled in whatever Marianne is. Mm. Um, and Marianne wherever Marianne is, people give in to their hedonistic tendencies. Yes. So like she opens up this interaction with eggs by saying, you know, I've never felt this damn good in a while or I feel so damn good or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the professional masseuse, quote unquote, uh, comes in, starts working on eggs, but that's kind of what snaps her out of it. Yeah. Because all of a Maybe sudden she, she spends time with Suki that Yeah. But she I like don't know. she like I think what it is as well is that she looks around, she sees all these people who she knows and she cares about acting in a way that they wouldn't. Yeah. Um. So Tara sort of cracks it and goes, "Well, I'm out of here." I'm she out. grabs she grabs a towel, gets or she gets out of the spa, grabs a towel, and goes upstairs. And Eggs is chasing her, and she's like, "Well, if this is your lifestyle, implying this like heavily swingers." Um, yeah, like obviously something's going on. Yeah, here. if this is if this is your scene, there's no us. Yeah, there's um, also a couple of party goers who are drinking some sort of liquid, and their eyes are turning black. Yes, so Jane Boathouse and the coroner, whose name I refuse to remember, uh, are making, making out, 
and then there's a woman <laughs> with a bottle, and their eyes are black, and then there's a woman with what I'm assuming is like red wine or something like that. Yeah. Um, and her eyes are black as well. So something is going on. There are these deep black soulless eyes. What's happening? But we can also throw back to last episode where Jane had those eyes. Yes. So something is happening. What's going on? Um, so Sam is out for a run as his little doggy self running with uh, his mate who's actually a dog. Yeah, running <laughs> with the dog that he's in, like he's imprinted off. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they run through the woods and towards the lake and Sam jumps off as a dog and comes up a man. Um, and he's like talking, so... he's like talking to the dog as well. He's like, come on, come in. And he's, the dog's like, no, thank you, sir. And he's like, all yeah. right, be a wuss. And he just kind of swings around for a little while. <laughs> um, Sookie and Bill return home to find Jessica and Hoyt mashing on the couch well they're not having sex um jessica is just straddling hoyt on the couch i'm lucky to never have had my parents walk in on me while i was doing the dirty i can't remember i don't think so i don't think that ever happened to me no i've i've i've, I've had some near ex- near cootie experiences with other people walking in on things happening oh, but yeah. uh never never happily my parents thank goodness but um, Bill tosses Jessica like across the room. Yeah, she d- yeah he does. She he is and dad he like, is hisses mad. at Hoyt. Yeah, he, because he's he's dad mad because dad Hoyt, angry. Hoyt gets up and like Bill turns around and is like, "If you make a move, I will rip off your nipples and shove them up your nose." Uh... You're welcome. You can rip off your nipples. And shove them right up the nostrils. They'd fit, wouldn't they? If you think about it. I mean, if a vampire I'm is trying... Try. If a vampire... Would you... Please stop. What? <laughs> I think if a vampire was trying to rip off your nipples and shove them up your nose, fitting wouldn't be too much of a matter. No, I don't think so. It's I think going they, up there yeah, anyway. I think, I think they'd just be going up there. Um, so it's very much... Bill, Bill comes in. He's dad mad. He's just found his quote-unquote daughter getting... Mm. Getting jiggy with it. Na 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 na. Getting jiggy with it. <laughs> um, and this kind of this, the this is this is where uh Bill and Sookie were talking about the petticoats because they are like That's Bill, right, Bill has come yeah house. Bill has come home with these clothes for Jessica as like this olive branch. <laughs> so he's like, oh, That's so a lot of pink. Pink. <laughs> That's a lot of pink. And he's like, well, I'm an old-fashioned guy. Like, yeah, clothing, what do you expect? clothing these, these days don't, doesn't leave much to the imagination. Um, I'm kind of an old... I'm old-fashioned. I preferred petticoats. There was a certain yeah. skill to undoing them. And Sookie is... Anna Paquin... Sookie's like, oh my god, Anna, Anna Paquin <laughs> looks like... Have you ever seen Life of Brian? Yes. You know where they're, talk- they're doing the newt sketch? She turned me into she turned me into a newt. I got better. Yes, you can watch the you watch the Monty Python boys physically holding in their laughter, and that's what Adam Hackman looks like. She looks like this next line is going to cause her just to spontaneously combust into laughter because she's like, I think there's a costume shop around that may still have some. But that's the thing, like, my partner, not that he, he's uh, not with sexual things, but sometimes he'll say something and I'll be like. <laughs> Did you really just say that? 
but is that because he's had the is that because he's had the Eastern European being raised, or is that just because he says dumb shit and he's too pretty? But yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. It's because he's so handsome and so tall. Where I'm just like, you're lucky. I you're... I say it to Jason all the time. I'm like, you're so lucky. So lucky you're pretty. pretty. <laughs> and he says it about me. <laughs> Whenever I say something, I'll be like, Ned, do you still love me? And he's just like, oh, not now. <laughs> no, we just look at each other knowingly. Like, it is such a good thing you're pretty. Yeah. He just, Ned just calls me insane. I'm used to it now. Yeah, he's that's like, fair too. You, you are 100% nutto. Oh, that's fine. But I'll be Ned's fine. used to it. It's been, thanks. It's been six and a half years, Ned and I. This Next month, six and a half years. Aww. Jason, 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 and I will have. I count my birthday as our anniversary. He counts our first okay. date as our anniversary. But we'll have been together seven years. Oh, nice! I asked Ned if we have to get married last week. I was like, "Do we have to get married?" And he's like, "Nah." I was like, "Yes." You could just have a big shindig. Don't That's even, what we're gonna do. Don't even have the mar- Don't even get married. It's too expensive to divorce people. But just have a good shindig. I was just like, I have the same rights anyway. If you and I buy a house and live together, yeah. like it's the same rights. It's just, he's like, it's just a party, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, he's like, do you want to just do the party? I was like, yeah. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to elope and just go to a pub. Yeah. That was, nice. was going to be my plan originally. But Jason was like, no, you deserve a big wedding with a big dress. I'm like, I don't want to be in front of 80 people in a big dress. Thank you. I'm going to wear a gold sequin dress. My my wedding dress is champagne colored. I love that color. It's really yeah. pretty. I don't know if I've shown you my wedding dress. Uh, I've seen pictures. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't seen it in person. Well, when you come over next, yeah. you can. Um, shit. Anyway. Anyway, we've sort of seen to go. Um, um <laughs> Sam is in the in the creek, in the river. In the, I don't know in the where pond. He's, a pond, a lake. I don't know what Something they call like it that. in America. Uh, but Daphne comes out and is like, Are you speaking to that dog? And then they have this really cute, flirty conversation about how Daphne has this really hard boss and, yeah. um, you know, he's a real hard ass, but he can be really kind to dogs. And then Sam kind of explains that he's sorry about what happened. He's had some shit going on, but she didn't deserve that kind of treatment. Yeah. So Daphne sort of goes, Okay, well, I'll join you in the lake. And as she takes her yeah. shirt off, Da, da, da. Giant claw marks right down those the back, the and they've been healed. Yeah, she's those. Those have been healed over. So she still has the scars, but not like. But Suki, like Suki, has a clear back because she was given vampire blood. Yes, Daphne does not. So now we have another mystery abounds. All the mysteries, and I feel like this season has propelled us into so much information from the get go. I love this season, but a lot of it does feel like exposition for a greater universe. Yeah, like building but I up, like the, that. building up the lore and stuff like that. Mm. I really, I really wish that the season kept this. The the other seasons kept this momentum. This sort of like it's very exciting. Mm. Um, but after next season, it kind of falls off because they're trying to make the stakes bigger and bigger. Yeah, and that kind of falls flat for some of the the story arcs that do go on, yeah. which is unfortunate. But um, I see, you, you know, they tried really hard to create something very interesting still. Yeah, um, but like just in season two, I this isn't probably my favorite episode. Um, no. Again, it's suffering from middle child syndrome. It's it's doing a lot of again exposition on the wider thing. Like I do like finding out more about. Um, 
Eric and how whole, how old he is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's this is just doing it's just laying the groundwork and the ground formation for other relationships. So Hoyt and Jess, where Bill and Eric are going, where Bill and Suki are going, where Suki and Eric are going, um, and how sort of everything mingles in together. Yeah, and I think once they do get into Dallas, it's really interesting. I really like how they do the scenes of him, like, flying to Dallas. And I don't know, I just find that kind of, like, real mundane stuff really interesting because I'm like, how do vampires live? Yeah, we find out, we find out a lo- um, lot more about how vampires are socialised and how they interact with yeah. the rest of the world and stuff like that, which I find, yeah, really, really interesting because I wouldn't have thought oh. that. No, not at all. No, so... Um, it's stuff that you're just like, this is just boring everyday stuff. <laughs> Vampires don't do that. The, uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. They, yes, they do. Like, there's there's a great scene in season five or something like that. What are the end scenes? Where Eric, uh, where Bill has to go to a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's, trying like, to get, yeah. Bill's trying just... to get his, like, all his, like, estate in order. And he's got to yeah. go to a lawyer. Like, it's the, like most, I'd have to do this. the most mundane of shit. Yeah. I'm one of those people that enjoys, like, monotony and mundane stuff in, like, supernatural things. Yeah, I love, like, I love, I love the idea of a vampire going to service New South Wales. Yeah. To get their car <laughs> registered or, like, pick up their death certificate or something like that. When it's I, like, oh, I remember when I had to go dispose of the rego of my old car, it was like... They they were actually playing like some solid bops. Nice. They were, there was I think Creep was playing at one stage, which is Radiohead. Gotta love that. Radiohead is solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Do like, you know what I was listening today? What were you listening to today? I was listening to the Eminem show, and I still know every single word <gasps> to every song. Oh my god! If that is not a pre, if that is not like a preteen flashback, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was two thousand and two, I think that album. Oh. So I just started high school. I have been listening again to Fallout Boy. Nice. Um, I'm just on a Fallout Boy um, mash, but I don't know. I've, I haven't been listening to a lot lately because I don't get the opportunity to kind of commute anymore. Yeah, when I was driving, I was listening to heaps more stuff. I Although, do try and get out of the house on a Friday so I can listen to my release radar. The, so I just drive to the next suburb to get a coffee instead. So the, Well, the song that's currently on my Spotify is Motion City Soundtrack. Uh, the future nice. freaks me out. Oh, awesome. Um, I Am The Movie is a solid album. Yeah, Ned played at the 10... He His band supported Motion City Soundtrack in Sydney a couple of years back Actually, when we first met. And there's it was a 10-year more... anniversary of... Um, oh, I can't even think of the album. I'm terrible with album names and song names, so... Yeah, it, unless it's unless it's like my specific favourite album, then... Yeah, I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, like... Uh, Enema of the State is like one of the only ones that I can yeah. remember. Oblique 22 albums I know up until they're self-titled but I actually found a photo of me with the guys from Motion City Soundtrack and I was like what the fuck when did, did I meet, when did I meet Motion City Soundtrack? <laughs> no, I remember that bit that's what I was listening to the other day it was Frenzel fucking Rom Ew. I love Frenzel I've seen Frenzel live only if I'm drunk I okay yeah so I saw them at my uni bar yeah, I saw them at the Newtown Social Club when I still lived in Newtown. Um, but I I love Friends of Rome. It's a fucking bop. It's good to yeah. just like if you've got oh god, this is the one time we've disagreed on music. 
I know. I cannot stand Friends or Rob. I love Friends or Rob. Dumb shit like that. Oh, God. What else have I got on here? Uh, Punk Japan. Nice. There's new Avril. Yes, I did know that there was new Avril. Because she's doing, she's, uh, one of the songs she's released has got Travis Barker on drums. Yes, and Mod Sun. Yes. Uh, oh no, maybe she featured on Mod Sun. She song. she featured on Mod Sun's song Flames, which I yes, loved. I really like that song. Yeah, um, I'm glad she's new, doing a comeback. Yeah, but there's there's now um more more Avril, new Avril. Excellent. Good. We should do a music podcast. Let's kick. Oh, fuck, let's, I would love that. let's kick Ned off his podcast one night. <laughs> just do a takeover <laughs> on his Twitch channel. Yeah. Let's just take over his Twitch. Which now has to get changed to a different night of the week because on Friday he has like uh, band stuff. Like they oh. have a band, they the, the band hangs out and does writing or they go for dinner or something. I was going to message and you the other day. And now I'm like, oh, okay, bye. I was going to message you the other day. What is Bed's, Bed's Nand name? <laughs> Ned's band Ned's band name? Yeah. It is uh, Red Hook. Red Hook. Because I was like, I wanted to listen to them. Oh, do it. Watch um, their film clips. They're so much fun. There's, there's this... Hundred uh, bad decisions, cure for psycho. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Follow. Fabulous. Follow. Now it's I so have, much fun. Now I have music to listen to. New music to listen to. Um well let's wrap this up. I was gonna say what we've just got we've just promoted your your boyfriend's band. Um, My boyfriend's band. He has a tour coming up in April next year. Uh you'll wanna go buy Dead. tickets. Yep. It's uh got um the Dead Love and Down for Tomorrow, who are some really fucking cool bands. I was going to go to the Melbourne show, but then I realised I'm going to be in Melbourne the week before, so I was oh. like, mm, no. No. Can't afford that, because I'm going to be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything pretty interesting coming up this week. We're going back no. more more streaming again. Nice. Um, what are you playing this week? Uh, so, I have been playing Unpacked. Oh, cool! Which is the cutest fucking indie game. Nice. It's so you would you would love it. The sound in I've it. I've been thinking about. Is it on Switch? Uh, I think it is. But it's also, it's also available on Games Pass. Uh, oh, okay. I might I might just get it on Games Pass. And I will hundred percent nice. spirit Games Pass until the day I die. I'm not actually employed by uh, Xbox, Microsoft. but um, <laughs> but if I spirit it enough, maybe the people I know at Xbox will actually help me with something. <laughs> Hi, Adrian. Hey, Jigsy. Jigsy. <laughs> <laughs> What up? <laughs> I've been playing Lost in Random still. Oh, nice. I might play some more tonight. It's so it's a lovely little gothic uh, horror indie, and I absolutely love it. But other than that, um, I announced the Hear Us Scream 2022 official book club. I am so excited. if you are interested in horror movies um, and horror books, you can sign up at www.hearascream.com forward slash subscribe. So there you can either subscribe to the book club or you can subscribe to the newsletter or both. Or whichever both. one you are down for. In the end of December, we will be sending out an update that invites everyone who is interested in the book club to the Discord, where at the end of the month we'll have like a little discussion run on Discord about the book. I love it. I love it. That sounds amazing. I'm We're super excited. excited. Yes. The first book uh, will be decided by our contributors. So we each, the basic premise is that we all pitch a book, like nominate a book, yep. and then it gets voted for by the community and they vote on which book we read. But the first book will be voted internally and then February onwards will be voted by the community. Excellent. So, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Hopefully it'll get me reading some more of my to-be-read pile. 
Yeah, uh, my friend has that issue. She's like, I'm just going to go get rid of some books. I'm like, you going to buy more books? And she goes, don't at me. Excuse me, do not attack me that way. Uh, so where can we find you on the social media uh, so you can find me at gamer underscore raid on twitter and on instagram and on twitch that's kind of where I hang out and shitpost um, today yeah, it has nice. been a lot about my fucking cat nice I did see that um, aggressively uh, protecting my mouse and I'm going through my, my, my twitter feed at the moment I've retweeted a tweet from Sponge, the official spongebob uh, account that has Mr. Krabs in a maid outfit I love it. I'm going to have to go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. No, I have to talk to you about this after. I'm going to link you this thing okay. after. Um, we're going to wrap up. Well, Where can we find you? Um, you can find me just at catstead underscore. You can find Club Dead at Club Dead Pod, which has all the links to everything that we do, including the podcast, and also to our Discord if you want to join, um, which we just, uh, just sort of post in there. Yeah, we just shitpost. We've kind of ignored it for a little while because we just didn't have anything to do, but so now we like, can shitpost. Uh... <laughs> But anyway, we will um, see you next week for episode four. Bye, fam. Bye.